On this episode of Talking Schmidt, I'm joined by professional wrestler Barry Lindeth as he discusses getting into his gimmicks of Mr. Saturday Night, Michael Barry, and Flex Zerba. Also on this episode, Chris Hemsworth getting a chance to play Hulk Hogan. Flex and I discuss it. I have all that and more coming up next. Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 16 of Talking Schmidt. I have a guest on the phone with me who uh, I had the great honor and privilege to meet when I was working in the four states area. He is a uh, just an all-around awesome guy. Uh, he doesn't get many days off. I don't actually know when he sleeps uh, because he works so dang hard, uh, and he's also a father and a husband, and uh, he's a uh, he likes to get in the squared circle, if you know what I'm saying, and he likes to wrestle as well. My guest at this time, Barry Lindiff. Welcome to the show, my friend, Barry Lindiff. Well, thanks for having me. I actually just took a nap in the 10 seconds you took the intro, and that's I'm good. I'm, I'm good for another 10 days. Did you just heel turn on me in the middle of my show, uh, the beginning of my show here? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. All right. I would, I would never do such a thing, yeah. although I would like to point out that it took you 16 episodes to get me on. It took me I mean, 15 to get my brother on. Oh, okay. He already yelled oh. at me last, like literally yesterday. I had my brother on for the first time in fifteen episodes, and he was like hurt. Well, I'm I'm not gonna say I'm hurt, but I'm hurt. <sighs> Man, I I can't win for lose. <laughs> I also called a guest by a different name on Tuesday's episode. Um, so I'm just maybe this just isn't my week. Maybe uh, hopefully it wasn't a swear word. No, it, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Oh, um, okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll go in and talk about this because, uh, as I've mentioned, and I've been waiting to get you on the show a little bit here because I'm excited to talk to you. I know that you know there's not everybody that's going to listen to the podcast, big fans of professional wrestling. I am, right. and that's how you and I actually um, kind of came into the same uh, realm of being able to talk to each other and, and be around each other. And then you know, you've been able to uh, help me get a little bit of uh, you know, some of the needed love that I wanted to in the ring, kind of you know, being a, a hype man for you. But I, I guess for for people who don't know, you know, the love of professional wrestling, like you have to really love it because like you get beaten up and you take a lot of hits and, and a lot of falls and, you know, you, you bump in the ring and stuff like mm -hmm. that. You know, what what is it for you that makes you keep wanting to, you know, make those road trips on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays and then, you know, turn back around and have to work on Monday through Friday and then do it all <laughs> over again? Uh, the, the short answer would be a chemical imbalance. The, <laughs> the, the long answer is I think that there's a deep seated part of all of us in wrestling that just never have grown up. Um, I think it goes back to the, maybe the first time I ever saw wrestling as a small kid flipping through the channels, going past USA one Monday night and seeing, you know, Hulk Hogan, ultimate warrior undertaker, all these real life superheroes, these real life He-Man characters, uh, you know, not cartoons. These were actual people I was, I was watching that, that, that existed right in front of my eyes and just being absolutely mesmerized with the over the top pageantry, the, uh, the flair of, of, uh, everything and the excitement, you know, just captivated. I, I think for whatever reason in that moment, there's just, a little kid inside all of us that uh, is our chance to forever live that moment. 
I think it's pretty cool too because you know even with me who's someone you know like all I've really done is you know I've I've actually been able to film some shows and stuff like that um, and, and really get in the ring and just kind of be the ring announcer uh, you know for for introducing you and you know the five other guys that might come to the ring with you uh, in a given match <laughs> the, the entourage yeah you're when I introduce you your tag team partner your third tag team partner uh, <laughs> the special guest announcer the special guest uh, timekeeper um, when we do certain shows but you know for me at least it, it's one of those things when I was able to do it with you is just one of those uh, moments where like you're kind of not in your body at that you're in your body but like you're not you even if you're being introduced as you I, even when I felt like you know I was being introduced as you know the sports director from KODE I was still coming yeah. out there and I was wearing you know bright colored suit jackets and you know I had the flex head band on whatever you know do you kind of feel like it's almost like it's not really like barry doesn't enter the ring at all when he's when when it's you yeah it's 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 a weird dynamic it is like you said it's you but it's not you it's it's you turned up to 11 really and that's that's some of the most popular wrestling characters that have ever come through history are just that they're personifications of themselves turned up to 11 but it's uh it's kind of like what Harley Race said. There's no place like it under those lights. And uh, you can attest to that, that um, you can have a lot of experiences in life, but there's just something to stepping in the ring, the, the smell of the ring, the, the sound of the crowd, the feel of, of, of connecting, looking out and connecting with a crowd and, and knowing that you've got them in the palm of your hands, entertaining them, you know, um, the, the sound, the oohs, ahs, when you know you're taking a bump or you're you're getting slammed it's just uh there's really nothing like it unless you've experienced it yeah i that's one thing that i can honestly say uh you know i i have not taken uh you know any type of action in the ring yet we, we, we always I, say I, yet. I believe i think i recall a clothesline from uh former tna diva marty bell that is true that was but that you know camera other than my own phone camera <laughs> cameras weren't really rolling um, but anytime, you know, we want to get that an actual thing and during an actual show, I will take that clothesline from the one and only Marty Bell anytime. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, anytime that she says, I want to clothesline Ethan, you know, that's like the one person I think I'd be like, all right, I'll let her do that. You know what I'm saying? Well, because she's I'll awesome. Let, I'll let her know that after we get off the phone here. Good. Yeah. Cause she's phenomenal. And she honestly, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, a lot of people don't know, cause obviously, you know, you never want, you know, the, the crowd to know that you're not, you know, your character. Um, you know, we all know the word kayfabe, but you know, right. when honestly, this is a true statement. When my wife and I go to the shows, cause Callie goes to the shows a lot with me. Um, Marty is nothing but just like the most genuine, sweet person to Callie every time. And like they chat the entire time. So, um, um she, she is, she's, uh, my daughter's favorite, absolute favorite <laughs> probably of all time. So yeah, e even probably more so than dad. So yeah, that's a testament to her and, uh, you know, I, I like to see her her success going on with NWA. You know, it's, yeah, it's a wrestling's a fraternity and one big family. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do you you were talking a little bit about flipping through channels and, and seeing you know matches that were just you know and, and really drew your attention. Do you have a match from your childhood that you can think back to, or just any time really in your life where you were just like you know, this is why I do it. Whether it's a you know, and you can have a personal match and mm -hmm. you know one that you've watched you know on tv or whatever on pay-per-view whatever um do you and maybe both do you have a match that you can think of for yourself personally and then a match that you've seen that you were just like this is why i do what i do 
I think going back, uh, you know, in, that initial seeing Hulk Hogan for the first time, um, cutting a promo, being larger than the life, like I said, looking like a real-life He-Man, that, that moment's ingrained. Um, you know, I was hooked then, uh, really, really started to get into my fandom, you know, right around, what, WrestleMania 11, um, 11 or 12, Bret, the Iron Man, Bret Hart, uh, Shawn Michaels Iron Man match. That match, was to me, was just... Uh, basically, a real life video game. Watching these athletes go at it for an hour, not not stopping. It was just uh, something that uh, blew my mind. Um, aside from that, later on, I, I seem to, you know, kind of gravitate towards periods of time like the Attitude Era, the '97. You know, it was the it was the '90s. Everybody was just so angry. But to me, that was just uh, as a rebellious. You know, young youth, young teenager watching watching Attitude Era. It really just it gave you an outlet. Um, now, being in the ring, I've had I've I've been lucky enough to have some great matches with some great legends. Um, you know, have feud with Jerry Lawler. Uh, you know, the King of Memphis had some great matches. Tagged, been a part with uh, matches with John Morrison, Chavo Guerrero. Um, you know, a list of who's who, but probably my my favorite match in the modern era that I've been a part of that I, that comes to mind was one that I had uh, with Matt Stryker, where we went out and just blew the roof off, having a blast. We got the referee involved. The referee was kipping up. We were doing Mexican hat dances. We were playing thumb war, um, and it just for whatever reason. Everything we did, the crowd just was just engaged so intently. We we went into a finishing sequence where um, <laughs> we we basically ripped off everybody on WWE's finisher, whether it be John Cena's uh, FU or you know I even did Roman Reigns uh, Superman punch, which elicited a incredible boo from the crowd. Uh, Matt Stryker gave me sweet chin music and then a pedigree to finish me off. But the crowd was just, uh, for, for whatever reason, they just wanted to be entertained that night and they were just into that match so much that, for, for yeah, I think it's on YouTube and you can check it out. That one stuck uh, stuck with me as far as this is why we do this. This is art. This is having fun. This is, um, you know, we could have went out and had a 20-minute technical match because Matt Stryker's one of the best technical wrestlers ever but but that's the art of, of wrestling is going out there feeling what the crowd wants and, and giving them that need for whatever reason that night they just that crowd wanted to be entertained have you ever thought about you and i teaming up together and almost having like a nature boy little nature type tag team i i think we would be more akin to maybe the new road warriors <laughs> or maybe demolition okay i yeah. could see that yeah here comes the flex. Here comes the Ethan. <laughs> I would be, I'd be game for that. Um, definitely, that is a license to print money, right there. Absolutely, I, I think we could take over some of these southern territories. You know, I did see, and I, and I was kind of upset. I should have been paying attention more. I saw that um, the hardest working man in professional wrestling today was down in Jackson, Tennessee, mm-hmm. um, two weekends ago. And if I would have known, I probably would have made the trip down to see him. Well, there um, there's a promotion. Burt Prentice runs a promotion, and people. You want to talk some inside baseball here? Uh, 
about wrestling. Burt Prince is a name that's been around for years, a promoter that's ran years and years and years and years um, around the Nashville area. And he, he has a, a great promotion that in Jackson. Is the Onan Arena, is that right, correct? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? You may even see old Flexi Boy pop up there. I've been known to frequent a Burt Prince show a time or two. Well, I think we I think we found the inn here. I think we need a I think we all need to meet up. Um the hardest working man in professional wrestling, my guy yep. Jason Jones. Um yep. we need to get uh my favorite heel in the business, Niles Plunkett. Of uh, course. Uh the one and only Flex Zerba. And of course, uh his his one and only uh you know, his his hype man. And we need we got to hit up uh, Jackson, Tennessee the next time there's a show. We got to show Tennessee what the number one hype man's all about. I'm just saying I have a jacket that I was supposed to wear for the uh, the uh, excuse me the Mister Saturday Night Michael yes. Berry versus Jerry the King Lawler match. There was a yep. there was a special jacket I was supposed to wear for that. So I got a jacket that's just waiting to do some hype man work. One of the larger uh, disappointments of 2020, thanks to the COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, re- wrestling's been been one of the industries that's probably, you know, along with any other kind of entertainment, has has been, you know, brought down a notch by COVID. I don't want to say, you know, eliminated because uh, what do they say in Jurassic Park? Nature finds a way. Yeah. Whether it be viral pro putting on shows in a barn or <laughs> having clothes set. Um, professional wrestling or even the state of Florida deeming WWE an essential business. Uh, you know, that's the, that's kind of the Carney way nature finds a way wrestling will always find a way. Um, so it, it's been, it, that's been one of the more fascinating aspects of this whole 2020 debacle is watching, uh, obstacles come up and figuring out watching creative Carney people figure out ways around them, and how to promote themselves and their product. Well, Flex, we're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we're going Gotta to talk. Go poop. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, just like our uh, last uh, Life Without Sports video. Um, we're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your uh, some gimmicks, obviously that you use. Uh, yep. And then we're also going to go. We're going to talk a little bit because there's going to be a, a, a movie about Hulk Hogan, starring Chris uh, Chris Hemsworth, and you and I, I are going thought to it was discuss. Starring me. It, there's a possibility at this point. I mean, you never know. It, you know, with everything that's going on, Chris Hemsworth says, "Let me stay in Australia." Um, and yeah. who's next I mean, up in we line? Get some real. We could get some travel issues. You know, uh, Flexomania has run wild over the country <laughs> a time or two. I I've been there for that absolutely. So we're gonna take our first break, and we'll have more coming up next. What's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for joining me this far into the podcast. Don't forget, you guys can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on Google Play. And you can leave ratings and reviews along the way as well. And don't forget, on social media, at underscore Talking Schmidt on Twitter, and on Facebook, at Talking Schmidt Podcast. All right, let's get back to the action. Welcome back to episode 16 of Talking Schmidt. I am on the phone now uh, with my special guest this time. I have a, a bio to read for the one and only Flex Zerba. As it's a, a real tearjerker. It is. As a baby, he had a wig installed because the top of his skull had never formed. At age True. 8, he was left behind by his parents and sister at the Grand Canyon. Yep. He does not know who's his real surname, 
After nope. growing up in a series of foster homes and traveling on the road as a kid while camping in the woods, Flex arrived in Silvertown, a small town in the Pacific Northwest, where he met the beautiful Brandy and her dog Charlie and became a target for jealousy from Robbie, the town bully. Robbie, strangely enough, looked like Kid Rock. You know, what's funny about this, it's very funny because, you know, I, I love that movie, by the way. Joe Dirt's one of my favorite movies. What are you talking about? That's Flex's bio. <laughs> That's Flex's bio. But one of the things that I, you know, when I very first started the podcast, believe it or not, and the reason why I really wanted to read that was because when I very first started the podcast, I really thought, like, what if I could find, like, strange stories like that and be the Dennis Green in that movie? And just interview weird people, you know, that have stories like that. Like, that's really what I wanted to do. Now, granted, all the sports stuff came around with it, but I feel like I should have a segment each week or just, you know, try to find a strange human being um, and see if they'll just talk to me about their life and then see what I can make from that. And if that doesn't work, I can just provide you with a a different bio from a different movie <laughs> every week, and you can let guests try and figure out what movie it is. Next week you'll be a janitor who's extremely smart. Is that what we're going with? Exactly. How, <laughs> how do you like how do you like them apples, Schmidt? <laughs> I, I'm actually down with that. I think people would uh, I think people would tune in just for that. What's the bio this week? Um, from the one and only Flex Service. So as I, I've kind of jumped around in this interview because I introduced you as Barry Linda because that's, uh, that is the name that if anybody who doesn't know you in the ring, they know you as Barry. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the guy. That's the guy that wakes up every morning. <laughs> when in my phone, though, I, there's only two people in this entire, you know, this entire earth that, well, I guess there's like five people in my phone that only have like a first name. Um, my mom, my brother, my wife. Uh, I guess my dad as well. And then uh, there's a guy on my phone that goes by Iceman, who I interviewed on Tuesday, um, yes. or for the Tuesday show. And then there's a guy on my phone that is Flex. Uh, there's five people, or six people on my phone, <laughs> that have one name in there. And when I see that name, I know who it is. I call you Flex because when I very first met you, you were literally getting in gimmick. You were getting into the Flex Zerba character to go do uh, Friday Night at the Movies with Hank. Hank Rotten yep. Jr. You're getting yep. ready to film that because the at, Colonel, yeah, the Colonel man, who he's a legend for more reasons than uh, more reasons than just being a, a a ring, I guess, a manager for you. Yeah, you're you're gonna have to have him on the show sometime. I would love to have the one and only Hank Rotten Jr. Um, tell me about songs that he wrote um, back in the day, if you know what I'm saying. And fighting a bear. And fighting a bear. I know exactly. The man's the man's awesome. One of my favorite people. Um, and has the longest running show, baby, on KSN. Uh, yep. Friday night at the movies. He never misses. Even during the COVID, man, he was still, he well, even now, it's still a thing. <laughs> He's yep. still pushing through. Um, yeah, still but going. I, that's how I met you. I, I met you. You were literally, like, putting on, like, your gear. Um, and I, like, caught you real quick and i was like hey man i'm a huge wrestling fan like i've seen you come in every now and again i would love at that time uh you guys were doing stuff for the nwl out of kansas city and i was like hey man can i come just like interview you guys be a part of the show you know just kind of sit back relax that's when i got to bump for the first time took a body slam for the first time and of course the famed clothesline that uh that you were talking about earlier um so that's how i very first met you was as flex now you have two gimmicks you have Flex Urban. If people don't know what gimmick is, if you want to kind of explain yep. what your what a gimmick is, uh, that might help out some of the listeners. Personas, uh, you know, uh, borderline personality issues, uh, diff <laughs> different characters uh, you play. Um, but, but it's more than just 
I mean, that is a very large oversimplification of of a statement as you play a character. It's it's uh, like I said, it goes back to the first thing I was talking about. Your personality turned up. It's just different asset, different assets of those personalities just taken over the top. And so, for your gimmick, you have Mister Saturday Night Michael Berry, right. and then yep. you have Flex Zerba, um, who I like to say the Juggernaut of Joplin, the powerhouse of Pittsburgh, um, the monster of Miami. As, the champ that runs the camp. That's the right. The face that runs the place. The new king. Or, well, yep. not yet, because we haven't been able to have that match yet. Which will happen one day. Exactly. It'll have to happen. Lawler, we're calling you out on this podcast that gets about 30 listeners. I'm calling you out, Jerry Lawler. <laughs> maybe if I tweet at him, maybe, or tag him, he'll uh, he'll listen. Um, but yeah, so Or block, or block you, or either or. Definitely block me. He'll be like, who is this weirdo kid? <laughs> um, so... Talk a little bit about how you went into the idea of, you know, how did Michael Berry, you know, Mr. Saturday Night Live come, or Mr. Saturday Night come around, and then how did, you know, Flex Zerba come around? Yeah, Mr. Saturday Night goes all the way back to 2002. That's how long I've been doing wrestling was when I first got into the business trying to trying to come up with a, with a persona. And, uh, you know, I, I noticed that a lot of people had trying to figure out ways to incorporate incorporate their name into their gimmick you know like john michaels his real name michael hickenbottom he you know he just kind of took the last name flipped it first name type deal um so i thought well barry lindis doesn't exactly read real well on a marquee kind of it's kind of hard to say that real flow real well i think i gotta figure out something so the time i was trying to figure out wrestling schools trying to get my foot in the door of wrestling school this was back when um you know there were there were chat rooms that's how i don't want to date myself wow we'll be in chat rooms and you would you would have to try and figure out you know you'd have to find leads on on wrestling schools and things like that um and so just trying to figure out schools driving to tulsa driving to st joe missouri um kansas city where um i got to start meeting you know driving to harrison um just kind of figured, formulated Michael Berry. Now I needed, Michael Berry was good, but it needed a little something extra. So I thought to myself, uh, you know, most shows are on Saturday. You know, you know Rob Van Dam was doing uh, Mr. Monday Night. I'll, I'll be Mr. Saturday Night. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that, we'll, we'll see how that sticks. And, uh, you know, I, I had initially thought that I'll just go, I'll go with Mr. Saturday Night, Michael Berry, and then I'll change it. Yeah, you know, you know, I'll come up with something new in six months. Well, all these years later, um, I've I've stuck with that. Now, fast forward to, oh, I want to say, 2015, 2016, uh, the now defunct National Wrestling League comes into to play. Um, there was a guy in Kansas City, multimillionaire who who um, sold tech stock decided that he wanted to become a wrestling promoter and start his own company. Well, he wanted to own um, his own intellectual properties, his own IPs. Okay, so he didn't want Mr. Saturday Night Michael Berry. He wanted a new character. So after a few back and back and forth calls, uh, he, he pitched the idea of the original um, character was like a wrestling Jim douche crossfitter <laughs> that was <laughs> that was the root of the character um, and so 
and we, we bounced some names around Flex Flanagan, but that was really close to a, a, a older wrestler that had been around named Flash Flanagan. So that, that didn't work. Um, so then I got to thinking, well, Flex, Flex works. Um, and one of the guys I trained with, he's from Thunder Bay, Ontario. And he look, he looks like a, a an action figure. He, he's on gyms around here. His name's Jason Zerbo. If you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen me train with him. Now he he's older, but I thought to myself, this guy in his twenties was probably that guy. He was probably that gym douche that hated that everybody hated. So I go, why, why don't I go with Flex Zerba? And we're, we'll see where we end up because it, it, it kind of a unique name. Well, that's where we ended up. I ended up tag teaming with another guy named Max Powers, and we were the Bull Patrol for for a little while. Max ended up getting hurt, and then basically I had to figure out what the Flex Zerva character was based from from that. And we went through some different iterations and figured it out. Um, and we just basically it basically evolved into Barry just over the top yeah. with a headband. Yeah. Um, and so that's where we're at today. Yeah, I, I always enjoy being around uh, the one and only Flex Herba. Um it, it's it's a it's a fun um, fun it's just a fun like character. It's fun persona, man. You just you can tell that like you know, we obviously did the, uh, you know, when we were doing the stuff for, with World Class that day when mm-hmm. I came to, you know, to be the first time I did Hype Man work for you. And, uh, you know, it was just like when we started telling the origin story. Um, and if you haven't seen that, like you, if you follow Flex, which Flex, if you want to plug your social media um, for Warm yep, Hell on Instagram at Flex Zerba. Boom. F L E X Z E R B A. Can't miss it. There's some good videos on there, and, and you can find uh, his origin story that they did um, from everything of being Santa Claus's son um, to trying to to thinking that he's Superman to try and fly. It, it's all great, um, and it was one of those things. Like when we were sitting there, like recording that, it really felt like this was your actual origin story i mean it really did it was perfectly planned yeah, well man. it was it was a spoof of smallville yes um um at the time world class was trying to do something different in the wrestling business and it, it's so funny i just actually had a talk with the, the owner jerry bostick who owned world class the other day about this randomly um we were talking because we we were trying to do something different in the wrestling business and you need to go check out world world class um revolution wrestling's youtube channel yes you can see all these videos so we would do a parody of dallas um so we went down to south fork ranch in, in dallas and and uh, filmed there who, who stole jr's hat yes was was the thing you know jim ross was involved um, Boone the Bounty Hunter, John Morrison, MVP, Chav, all these all these cast of characters um, were involved, and 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 it was it was cinematic wrestling. You you would have wrestling matches, and then you would have these stories in between. Scott Steiner ended up throwing a guy into a pool. Yes, you know we had, we had a um, an old school you know cowboy setting, almost like a WCW Spring Stampede set that we'd have the matches, and then you know you'd have the story in between the episodes. Well, we did that. We did the Smallville one. We did um, 
Flexi and the Bandito, which oh was probably gosh. one of my favorites. That was amazing. With, uh, with Chavo Guerrero, where I was Flexi T Justice chasing him around, and uh, I run into the Iceman, Sid Vicious. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hilarity ensues. But we, on the internet, we were taken to task that we were killing the business. That, you know, this. This was the most ridiculous thing ever to try and incorporate movies and, and wrestling and parodies and pop culture and all this. It, it, just, it didn't belong. Well, fast forward to 2020. You've got the Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania. Yeah. You've, you've got the Boneyard match, you know, and then coming up the Extreme Rules, which will be a horror show or the Money in the Bank cinematic pieces. Yeah. They're doing the things now in the industry that we were doing two or three years ago that we just got absolutely blasted with. I, I just thought it was funny that we got taken to task so hard about trying to do something different. And now that's what the industry's forced to do to adapt, to survive. Yeah. That's uh, it's one of those things, man, you, you look back at it and you, and you know, now that, you know, it, which they were all great. I mean, as a, I mean, I, I guess I'm not, I can't speak for every wrestling fan, but I know for me who is a wrestling fan, like it was something completely different um, and the shows actually would air uh, on the local KSN station, which was the mm-hmm. NBC station in the area that we were at. And it would have like the old like 80s and 90s like wrestling um, commercials. I don't even know how they did that. Me I mean, neither. I, I, I never asked about if they could do that. <laughs> I, I, apparently they could because no one ever said anything, but the old. Uh, you know, Pizza Inn commercials with the Von Erichs or yeah. the, uh, you know, the Sting Sprite commercial. Like, I, you know, I can't, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but it was, it was truly pop culture and wrestling, and it we tried to to entertain a broader audience. And I, I don't know if it worked. Clearly, it didn't work. So World class doesn't do shows anymore. But you know, we <laughs> we, we went down swinging. Oh man, so let's let's move into that. That was another thing we're going to be talking about. You know, we were talking a little bit about um, one of the things that I wanted to discuss was the fact that you know there is going to be a Hollywood Hulk Hogan movie. Well, mm-hmm. I guess not Hollywood. It's going to be Hulk Hogan. They're not going into the Hollywood phase, um, but the Hulk Hogan movie, which is going to have Chris Hemsworth, who is he's going to have to do a lot to get in Hogan shape in the eighties. Uh, Hogan is a huge yeah. man. Uh, yeah. Chris Hemsworth is not a small guy by any means, but it's different to be, you know, the body of Thor than it is to be Hogan. Because, I mean, Hogan, what, 6'7"? Um, S- 6'7", 320 pounds. And he's muscled, uh, the 22-inch pythons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Hemsworth's going to have to put on a lot of mass. Like, yeah. he's going to have to be eating pounds and pounds of chicken and rice every hour of the day to the flexerba diet to, exactly exactly <laughs> run run swim bike right <laughs> so one of the questions i had for you is obviously there's going to be i mean there has to be cameos for guys that are going to be you know macho man randy savage um mm-hmm. probably guys like jake the snake andre the oh, giant yeah. um who do you think if you were looking at the hollywood cast that's going on now, and I don't know who's been casted. Um, I haven't really looked at that, and I probably should have researched that before I did this. But if you were looking at, say, um, current actors, who do you think could pull off Macho Man Randy Savage? Who would be Macho Man Randy Savage? Ooh, that's a tough one. 
Um, I thought you were going to say, ooh, yeah, for a second, but... Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, you got me. I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of names, I think. Uh, I, could, I could see Brad Pitt. Okay, yeah. He had a, I could see Brad Pitt If you think of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, yeah, yeah. that kind of he, character, he, yeah. He, he, he showed a little bit of diversity for that type of deal. I don't know if he could get the gravelly voice. Um, type deal. Uh, Hollywood's big into, um, you know, maybe adding diversity to films. What about Will Smith? Yeah. Black Machismo. Yeah. That's that just I just blew your mind, didn't I? You did. You did I, not. You, you did not expect that answer. I kind of think of Jay. You know, Jay Lethal when you know he had that yeah. that gimmick as well. But yeah, yeah, I mean, technically, that was his gimmick. Was you know a very. Macho yeah, man that, That's some outside the box thinking. That is, I like that. You want to be a director uh, in Hollywood? You would. You have any connections? Somebody, somebody, just call me. I'll hire me. I work cheap. <laughs> What's Chavo doing uh, these days? Uh, Chavo <laughs> is. I stay in touch with him. Uh, amazingly enough, he is producing a beer line, okay. Los Guerreros Beer, and he's working on Blow, which he actually won an Emmy on for his his. Uh, he works behind the scenes coordinating stunts for that show that's awesome um yeah so i i guess going back to you know macho man do you have anybody else you thinking um there was a show on amazon prime the boys i don't know if any if anybody's ever seen it The, the billy butcher character uh i think like Big beard, strong, physical actor. Okay. I, I, for the life of me, don't know the actor's name, but for some reason, he pops out of my head. Okay, what about someone like uh, Jake the Snake Roberts? Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Tom Selleck, man. Yeah, with the hair. Yeah, I, I could totally see the mustache. Um, let's see, Tom Selleck comes to mind. Who else? Who's kind of slimy? <laughs> no, offense to Jake. no, not at all. I, I mean, think, his I gimmick Jake is was, I think his Jake gimmick would, is snakes. I think Jake would tell you he's slimy. Yeah. Um, let's see who who would you pick for Jake the Snake Roberts? Um, you know uh, that, Val Kilmer in twenty twenty. Wow, yeah, Val Kilmer. Um, I was thinking uh, if he could get into shape. Um, what's his name? Oh my goodness, from like Eastbound and Down. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, Danny McBride. Yeah, I'm thinking. You just nailed it right there. Yeah, just kind of like he make his hair a little bit, you know. Um, yeah, I think he could totally do it. Yep, you book it. Um, book it. we were and we were talking about this as well. Andre the Giant. I said, and my brother actually brought this up. He said, "Do you go out and try to get Big Show, who is a professional wrestler, to play Andre the Giant?" I think. That you book Danny DeVito, <laughs> put him on stage. like like his character in Always Sunny when he's the wrestler <laughs> and the Trash Man, I think was his gimmick. Oh my gosh! Uh, and you just ha- work with some camera tricks on it. Okay, is, is that Danny DeVito is going to be my Andre the Giant? Okay, so I, I I'm going to stick with Big Show because I feel like it's more realistic, but. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I went the other way with it. Yeah, I, I don't know how you're going to show Hogan body slamming Devito to make it look like it wasn't a, a hard task. But uh, um, let's see who else. Who else could we have around at that time? That you know, we who would be who would play Vince? That was another one. That was another thing that I thought of is who plays Vince McMahon and also who plays Mean Gene Okerlund. 
Ooh, good point. Because Mean Gene, you know, I mean, I would throw my hat in there um, for Mean Gene, but, you know, I don't know if they'd want just some random guy. Um, but Mean Gene, that's a that's a huge part of Hogan and, and just those, you know, you know, those great promos that Hogan cut with Mean Gene introducing him. I mean, you got to have oh, yeah. somebody that's really good doing that. I could see like a De Niro or Pacino playing Vince. Oh, you yeah. Know, just just the crux of, of, of that character. Uh, but yeah, Mean Gene, that would be, I don't, that's, that's interesting. I don't, who, who's out there in Hollywood that's balding out a mustache at this point? <laughs> Probably some old guys that we're not thinking. DeVito could be me. <laughs> no, I'm sticking with Andre on that. <laughs> uh, man, that's uh, it's a really good question when you think about it because you know Mean Gene's going to have to be a part of this movie. Like the the you know that's just as along with Macho Man. Um, I mean, but there's a lot of guys who you know depending on what they focus on with Hogan. You know, there's a lot of guys that they're going to have to definitely think about. Who would be pick. Who would be Warrior? That's another good one. I mean, you need a muscled, you know, just jacked guy who just Doesn't has... Doesn't Hemsworth have a brother? He does. He has Liam Liam Hemsworth. He's brunette. I don't know if he's got the charisma to be um, Ultimate Warrior, though. I don't know. I think you could book Liam and just give him some nonsensical promo lines to, <laughs> to belt out, and I think he, he, he might be all right. And just snort and talk about the, the, the aliens coming down? I don't know. I think Chris Pratt might be a good one. Oh my gosh, Chris! We I can't remember. My brother and I were talking about Chris Pratt for somebody. I think he said Chris Pratt could be a good macho man um, with his with his. But I was thinking as well. What about Flair? Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe is. <laughs> uh, you know what's perfect about that is yeah, or Charlie Sheen. Oh my god. Charlie Sheen, Char- white hair Charlie Sheen makes his makes his comeback to movies as Ric Flair. Yeah, it's perfect. What about Dusty Rhodes? Do we think we're going to have a Dusty Rhodes cameo that's, in that's, there? That's cast by J- uh, JJ is Dusty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that yeah. And then we get to draw the splotch on his belly with a marker. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I'm excited. I, I think this is a movie that I'm really excited for. I really want to see how Chris Hemsworth does get into character because, as you mentioned, I mean, Hemsworth is is not that body size. So we're going to definitely see him really transform to be in this role to be Hogan because for people who kind of sit back and they don't think like, oh, well, you know, these, these guys, you know, we watch them on TV. They're not big. Hogan was a big man. I mean, to be six, seven and over 300 mm-hmm. pounds. And, you know, even though I know, you know, they're as they're the body slam, Andre has to help a little bit, but a big guy like that is not going to have the same give of a little guy helping you, you know, get into a form for a power slam or a body slam. Um, like a big guy like that, like, Hogan had to really lift Andre to make yeah, that happen. Uh, you know, Johnny Carson was. It said that he's the one that gave the name uh, Hulk to to Terry because he went on the Tonight Show and said, "My goodness, you're bigger than the Hulk, Blue Fregno." Which, wow! And so that's 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 supposedly where that story came from. Now I did uh, extra work for Raw or SmackDown. I think it was SmackDown uh, before this whole pandemic thing. Hulk was on the show, and even at his age, and uh, you know he, he shrunk a little because of the vertebrae and all the back surgery. He's still a massive human being. Wow. 
That I mean, that's crazy to think about. I mean, some of these guys, because like I said, when you watch them on TV, you don't really, you know, and even when you meet them in person, you know, mm-hmm. some of those guys, when they're billing them, you know, these seven foot guys, I mean, guys like the big show, guys like Braun Strowman right now, um, yeah. you know, even guys like Kevin Nash, these guys, Scott Hall, these guys are big guys. And the thing is, is like you get one big guy, like a guy like Big Show, and then someone like Scott Hall stands next to him, and you're just like, well, he can't be that big because look how big Big Show is. And then you actually meet these guys, and you're right. like, these guys are monsters. And a lot, I oh. mean, now they're small guys. You you know, you can attest that to well, you, you know, you know, there's some guys who are small, Daniel Bryan, guys like that. But I mean, when you're yep. around some of those big guys, it's like, holy crap, these guys are monsters. Yeah, I'm not exactly a small guy, and some of those right. guys. Um, you know, I've been in the same room as Big Show, and you know, I just come up a little bit over his waist. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of unnerving to, to go be, be around somebody like ah, this human is a mountain, you know. And the old timers like that, they're just so large. They're larger than, they're, you know, they're large in personality and large in statue. That's crazy. Because then you think of, you know, for any of us wrestling wrestling nerds that are out there, you think of some of those matches where guys like Rey Mysterio were out there wrestling with guys like the Big Show, and they were putting on entertaining matches. Like, it's crazy. That's just a testament to a performer like that, that they're able to, or, you know, Eddie Guerrero was a a great example of that. You know, how how a person like that is able to compete in a match with, say, Brock Lesnar, you know, like he did at No Way Out when he won the title off Brock and, and... Nobody ever blinked an eye at it. Yeah, because his personality was so large that you know he he made it work. Now I got one final question for you here. Um, okay, if you had the opportunity, uh, and whether it's to let, let's do it this way, if you had the opportunity to work with any performer, um, anybody that wrestles, uh, I guess you know WWE AEW at this time, um, since we do have the two brands. Is there one person that you would just love to get into the ring and work with um, just one time? Currently still working. Ah, my goodness. Let's let's uh let's say let's I'll give you two answers. Let's go WWE and um, AEW. So WWE, gotta say Cena. Okay. Or, you know, just because you know, you, you want to find out if a guy like that is as good as everybody says he is. And, you know, Cena takes a lot of flack off of, off the internet for, for being Cena, but a guy like that doesn't have a career as long as as he has without having something to back it up. Uh, AJ would be, uh, would just be an insane opportunity. That That's one where you're like, man, I don't know if I've got enough in me to keep up with a guy like that. She would sure find out. Yeah. Uh, of course, Taker. Taker's retired, well, allegedly, but he would be another one. Um, you know, I, th- I think maybe maybe the Undertaker would would have to be the the one everybody wants to work with for a guy that has been so legendary, a guy that has has a uh, his mark in so many different decades at this point. Uh, I think to do that now, as far as AEW. Who, who would I want to work with there? Um, I think Cody. You know, I, I yeah. think Cody would be would be the guy there that um, a guy, a kid that passionate, a kid that uh, could have been complacent in WWE, could have could have uh, 
gone with the status quo, but he just wasn't happy. A guy that, you know, believed in himself enough to walk away from the machine and basically reinvent himself and start a new brand. That's pretty powerful. Um, Cody or Jericho. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I think I'd have to say uh, Jericho just based on the fact that he, he seems to actually be getting better. Just when you think a guy like Chris Jericho can't get any better or any more over the top or amazing, he figures out a way to do it every single week. Yeah, I like I like all those answers. I do I do want you to know I told Callie that um, the next time that I did hype man uh, stuff for you, I was actually going to be uh, kind of dressed like Jericho. I was going to not wear a shirt under the uh, the sports coat. I like um, it. I was going to wear tight tight rocker pants and some uh, studded shoes like he does and, and come out and ring announce that way. I, I thought scarf. that's... scarf. You got to have the scarf. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I, st- I still pick Jericho, even though he punched me in the face on the February 26th edition of uh, Dynamite. So, yeah, that was that was rude of him. I watched that. I was not, not a fan. You think we should tweet at him as well, or do you think he'd block us? I, I think so. He actually got some blood on my shirt. Um, <laughs> so I need to send him the cleaning bill. Absolutely. But, uh, I think it'd be easy for him to kind of pay for that. Yeah, I think so. But it was it was it was bizarre um, doing extra work in the last year for WWE and AEW because you go back to uh, WWE and MVP and Morrison are there. Yeah, those are all guys that I had shot stuff with two years prior, year two years prior, uh, working with World Class, and then I go over to AEW and I catch up with a bunch of guys that just recently done a show with Arn Anderson. Uh, down in Arkansas, he was there, and of course, uh, Jake Hager, um, the real American, American. That's right. I guess he he was a a world class staple. So, um, it kind of puts everything in perspective. It's kind of a weird wrestling's a a large small business. Like I guess that goes back to being a fraternity of brothers. Well, I am ready for the uh, the Flex and Schmidt connection to take off finally. Um, you know. The, We're gonna paint our faces up. Okay. Me and you have to go shopping at every S and M store in the Southwest so we can get our gimmicks like demolition. Okay. Yeah. That's uh. That's I'm down. I'm sold, man. Done. The, it's it's gonna be a new era of uh. I don't know. I don't know. We will be in the South. We might get booed a lot. Um. If we're kind of dressing S and M, man. I think it'll be. A, I think. I think our personalities will be big enough that uh. It'll make up for it. All right, I, I'm uh, I'm sold on this. Uh, the the Flex and Schmidt connection um, will will make uh, will make dreams come true, um, and uh, we'll see if we can't you know take every every title every tag title um, in the Southwest Southeast all of, the, of the country. All the titles, all the money. <laughs> well, Flex, it's been absolutely phenomenal to get a chance to talk with you, man. I I always enjoy these conversations with you. Um, when is the next? When do you know when the next time that you're getting in the ring is? I don't. I, I don't have anything um, booked, and that's just because going back to the original character Barry, um, as a dad, I'm just kind of trying to play things safe. So, kind of seeing how this whole thing shakes out. But you can bet as soon as I get one booked, you're going to know about it. And you can also bet that this will be the 16th episode. Will be the highest rated Talking Schmidt episode ever. Yeah, because you're going to share it on all your platforms for me. Exactly. I appreciate that. I yeah. I need that in life. 
<laughs> I always need new listeners, man. I appreciate that. Flex, it's been awesome. Um, it's been great getting to talk to you, man. Uh, like we said, this is uh, episode 16. Um, it's all flex this episode. Uh, no break after this one. We're going to go straight from this one, and uh, we're going to have a show again for you. We'll do episode 17 next Tuesday. What do you think about that? I like it. Yeah, that's how that's how we're going to end this one. Mic drop. We're out of here. Um, that's our pipe bomb for this episode. Uh, for episode 16, I'm Ethan Schmidt. My guest, the one and only, the juggernaut of Joplin, the monster of Miami, the powerhouse of Pittsburgh, Flex Zerba. And if you excuse me, I have to go poop. That's how most of our conversations end anyway. You guys have a great week. We'll see you again on Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>